Hello and welcome to Farm to Table podcast episode 5. Today we speak about food waste in Kenya and the unfortunate paradox that sees some people starving while others throw away food. The Food and Agricultural Organization FAO of the UN estimates that 432 billion is lost in Kenya due to food waste. And this loss is felt mostly by farmers because they don't get value for their money. And also, due to this loss in income, farmers remain the poorest in this country. However, as a paradox, a lot of Kenyans also don't have access to their nutritional needs and food and face starvation year after year. We also have very large numbers of malnutrition, especially in children. On this episode, we speak to Claire, the CEO and founder of Farm to Feed Kenya, a non-governmental organization that seeks to resolve this paradox of food waste in Kenya. Some of their activities include distribution of food to the urban poor to prevent it from going to waste, as well as educating people on the impact of food waste on the climate. Welcome to episode 5. Introducing yourself and how you started Farm to Feed. Yes, of course. So um, mm-hmm. we started Farm to Feed uh, exactly a year ago, April 2020, just after uh, the lockdown in Kenya. Um, mm-hmm. What we saw, it was more of a spontaneous idea at the time. So what we saw was that because of the lockdown, a lot of businesses were closing, hotels, restaurants were closing. A lot of people were losing their jobs from one day to the next. And at the same time, uh, because yeah. of the lockdown and the curfew, there were a lot of mobility restrictions, uh, meaning that a lot of farmers were suddenly sort of disorientated on their market. And ob- obviously, there are a lot of farmers that can deal with it and are entrepreneurial and have their network. But there are also a lot of farmers that obviously struggle with, with you know, with mobility restrictions. Um, and then and a, yeah. and a decrease of purchasing power in the market. So uh, we just started as a COVID relief where we, with our partner SMV, were able to go outside of Nairobi and to collect all the excess produce from the farmers. And we brought it to Nairobi, to the slums, and we partnered with an with a organization on the ground that was able to do the distribution. Um, and this was, you know, we just started it just to help when we thought COVID would last for two months then. I was very naive yeah, yeah. and um, then we realized soon you know, we were four months in and we were still continuing and we scaled and we doubled and we were able to grow. We did this delivery six days a week and then we realized that actually um, the concept of food loss and food waste was something that existed before COVID. It wasn't the COVID thing and uh, would long outlast it. Yeah. We learned then that 50% of fruit and vegetables in sub-Saharan Africa never make it to the consumer. And at the same time, one mm-hmm. third of Kenyans face food insecurity. So also the problem of malnutrition yeah. uh, is also something that's not of COVID that will also outlast COVID. 
So that's when we started thinking about this might be something uh, more of like a triple impact thing that could last longer than just the COVID crisis. So, um, you know, it's food losses for the environment um, and, um, uh, you know, giving people the opportunity to eat healthy food and supporting the farmers who would otherwise throw their produce away and, and make a lot. In a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. In a nutshell. That's very that's true. In a nutshell. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you mean because, for example, where I come from, uh, we have a farm and, for example, the vegetables, they sell at a throwaway price, maybe five shillings per, per cabbage. And yet, some people in other areas are not getting access to that food. So... The, the problem of, inse- of food insecurity in Kenya is large, huge. Yeah, it is. And so- in some places, in some places they even pour milk. You know, just the farmers they produce a lot of milk and they just pour it. Yet there are people who don't even have access to that milk for their own subsistence. Yeah, that's true. So I, what I didn't know when I started this is that actually 26% of children are stunted. In Kenya, so okay. it's 26 that's um, of children under five, meaning that uh, if you're stunted, it means that you don't have um, enough healthy food. It's really about the nutrients as well uh, to develop normally, mm-hmm. yeah. um, cognitively, so that your brain develops normally, and that and physical yeah. development. Um, you know, and that hampers mm-hmm. learning ability. It hampers you know labor productivity. Um, you know, if you're not able to mm. develop your brain as you should because you don't have access to healthy food, then obviously that's also economically yeah. for Kenya a huge devastation because you can never reach your full potential. And you'll always struggle yeah, you know, being able true. to just think properly. So I'm thinking that Kenya has an average age population of what I believe is 19 years old. It also means that if mm-hmm. if a quarter of the children are stunted. That's a huge part of the population. If the average age is 19. Yeah, so it is just so many, the next generation, so many of the next generation people are not um, able to develop themselves properly. And I just see that as a huge health hazard of individuals, families, but also the economy and the nation. Um, you know, it's just, it's a huge devastation, food insecurity. So I see that as a, uh, yeah, that's a huge problem. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so maybe we can go to the next part where we can speak about the farming, the farming systems in Kenya, mm-hmm. and how food waste has translated to them being unsustainable. Because, as you said, if the if the farmers cannot make their their produce reach the consumers then they're also making a loss. It means that the whole food system is very unsustainable for that reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what, what would you say? How has this food waste resulted in the unsustainability of the whole food system? Yeah, so so for one, I'm not a farmer, so I want to be make that very clear. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, I only... Yeah. Um, can say what I've observed and what I've learned um, and obviously mm. there's so many other um, experts I don't want to say that I that I know everything but 
So from what we've seen is that um, it's very difficult to make a very efficient value chain, right? So if you grow something, you know, if you get the right seeds and the right fertilizers and the right soil, it's it's a real profession. It's a real art to be able to grow something yeah. properly and to keep on growing that you avoid soil degradation and things like that. Um, you know, you need to be yeah. able to predict what the demand is as well and when you have to harvest. It's, it's such a huge technical thing. So, um, mm. you know, to set up that aspect around the farm is already difficult. And then when you sell it to, you know, a broker or a supermarket or things like that, or when you harvest it, it needs to go through the whole chain. So, um, and then when it arrives, the consumer needs to go to the market and needs to go and culture. So there's so many elements. So, um, you know, yeah. a lot of food is lost because of lack of, you know, information about weather, a lack of information about demand, a lack of information about, um, you know, fertilizer, soil, things like that. It's, um, uh, but also a lack of infrastructure, transport, cold storage, um, you know, not knowing how to get to your market because you don't have transportation. So there's so many building blocks. Um, and I definitely yeah. think that Kenya is getting there and has all these building blocks. They just have to put in the right line um, because it has yeah. really good soil, really good weather, really, you know, um, a population that's really interested in agriculture. You know, it's, it's sort of in the blood line. Um, so I think there's, yeah. there's so much potential. It's yeah. just that we, we need to put all those building blocks in place. And I think one of the big things that I've learned as well is that um, yeah, it's also the consumer. It's hard to predict what the consumer is going to eat, and it's hard to predict a lot of the products going for export. And if something happens in, you know, in in sort of the Western countries, changes, it affects the farmer here on the ground as well. If there's a price fluctuation mm. there, it changes here a lot as well. So the the sustainability is not just for Kenya. I think you know it's a, it's a, unfortunately, for, you know, I'm happy with globalization, but it's the whole global. It's a whole global thing. If, if something on the export market mm. changes, then it, it affects it here as well. So, um, yeah, so that in a nutshell again. My goal was really just give the give them the information. So if you want to buy something, you have access to information. At this stage, I need to buy this. And, you know, it's easier for the farmers to do their, their work. Then. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's really great. and. And I agree, and I, I can totally imagine that it's very, very hard to become a farmer because, you know, it is it is mm. very complicated. There's like, in, in Holland, for example, people go, you know, they study a couple of years at university to become a farmer. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. it's a very complicated thing to do. You need to understand so many aspects, you know, water, land, yeah, it's water, you know, mm. it's science. So, um, yeah. So I completely agree. And and I think what I didn't mention, and I think I want to mention that as the core farm speed, what, what is also important is one, you know, it's a loss of income for the farmers when food goes to waste because you lose your fertilizers, you use your you lose your input and you lose your water, everything that you put into it. It's a real loss. I don't think people yeah. understand it. Mm. Even in Europe, when they throw away food yeah, in the yeah. kitchen, you know, what a what a loss okay. it actually is. They're not just throwing away their tomato. They're throwing away all the water and everything. Um, but yeah. then again, it's like um, the degradation of natural resources because, you know, if we only eat 50% of what we grow, 
it means that 50% of the land is wasted. You know, it's like, it's land that we are taking away from wild animals and natural things. You know, if we, 50% of the food that remains uneaten, it's also 50% of the water that we use is uneaten. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, also the fertilizers and the energy, the transportation that goes into making this. And also if food goes to waste and it rots, um and it's not composted mm. it turns into methane and methane is a greenhouse gas more potent than co2 yeah and um mm-hmm. and eight percent of greenhouse gases come from uh food waste okay. and food loss so yeah. which is six times more than the aviation industry and i think people don't also it's a new this is sort of a new sort of awareness that we have to be aware of. um throwing away mm. food is a real climate hazard So we really have to make yeah. sure that we eat what we grow. Um, so I'm really passionate about that as well. And then, of, of course, at the same time, people don't have enough food. And uh, whereas the food is should be there. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it's really a paradox, and especially in Kenya, because you see farmers, uh, they throw away their food. Yet there are so many areas of Kenya where people don't even have access to that food because that's the dry areas and everything and how i see it is that we we are very capable of feeding our entire population because if only this food could get to the people that need it but unfortunately the systems that we have some people are starving while some people are throwing away food yes and that's just a horrible horrible paradox yeah i i think that's yeah you know one of the driving factors behind our organization is like how can we link how can we link those two um yeah you know and and you know how we have a climate fight fighting climate change by saving rescuing food and uh, also you know fighting malnutrition um, with with perfectly edible food yeah mm. yeah that's true so I feel like this we've already touched on this and it's how the situation of the food being wasted affects the economic situation of farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already touched on that because they spend a lot of money buying fertilizers, irrigating labor even because yes. farming is labor intensive. Yeah. Yes. Maybe you can pick a bit on that. Mm. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I mean, all the, yeah, we I call it inputs and, you know, and you know there are more things than that so the things that we put into making produce or that a farmer uses so yeah there's there's okay so we start obviously with everything you put in your soil so you have to buy your fertilizers you have to buy your inputs you have to buy your seeds you have to buy um you know water you have to transport the water to your land you have to install irrigation systems you have people working for you there's there's yeah. so much that goes into it Uh, all the land that you that you have so um if for example and uh, what happens is that you lose a harvest because of a rainy season because you don't have a smartphone that can tell you when the rainy season is coming and then your whole field goes away um yeah that is you know in one day that is that is devastating for a business And then to be able to, you know, it's an upfront investment you've made and you don't get anything out of it. And, you know, we've spoken to farmers that, you know, don't have enough money for the fertilizers, but they have enough money for the, for the seeds. 
So obviously as a the farmer, seeds, you yeah. have to buy the seeds. You spend all your money on the seeds, mm. but then you don't have enough money for your fertilizer. So your whole harvest um, doesn't make it, right? So you don't have a harvest because of it. You know, that's what they struggle with as mm. well. Like there's, you know, and then, you know, we've, we've seen farmers that are farming and starving. And a lot of people don't understand that mm. either. Like, how can you be farming and be starving? And the reason is because you need mm. quite a bit of starting capital to be able to, mm. you know, to, to make a harvest successful. I don't know if I'm using the wording right now, but to make, you know, to make your yeah. yield successful enough, um, you know, and you have mm. to make sure that the soil doesn't uh, degrade so that you can do the next cycle again, you know? So, it is very labor intensive and it, it is an economic risk. It is not something, you know, a lot of people say, just go outside and plant some food. It, there's more to it than yeah. that. Yeah. So I really appreciate the people who are farming and everything they do, because I, know, I can imagine it's a complicated uh, thing. Yeah, that's true. And especially now, because in Kenya, for example, what I've observed is that some people, maybe you have a job and you want to have a side business, they go into farming and they, they maybe they put in their some of their savings and they end up losing that money. And the other thing is with Kenya the the major, a big part of the population is are farmers. Mm-hmm. So then if the if the farmers are also poor, it goes to show that that population is poor and you know that they, they are unable to have any purchasing power it's just it's really bad for the economy in general i agree yeah i agree and it has and but and and that being said like i don't want to talk about it to scare people away from farming because i do think it's like it has so much potential in a country like kenya that's so fertile and you know there's so many natural resources there's mm. water and there's there's the sun and um so i do think yeah. it has a lot of potential but so i don't want to scare people away from it I'm not a farmer, so that being making that very clear, but I think it has, you know, and also I think, for example, urban farming, there's so many uh, ways to, you know, farming on the side as well um, that should be able to work. I I do think, um, yeah, but I, I, what I want to say, I respect the, you know, the the professional farming. So the next one is just, what what do you, what would you say, like farming experts, because for example, for me, I um I would call myself an expert in farming because I did study I studied a, a degree in culture and then a master's in botany. Wow. So how would you say that? Yeah. Wow. How would you say that experts would support? You know, would be able to support this initiative towards you know reducing the amount of food waste and really making the system more sustainable. What would you say would be their contribution to that? Wow. Well, I think one thing is like how, because you know more about farming than I do by far. So I think it's yeah. so important to, I think one of the things as well, and this is one of the things like getting sort of a, a business mindset to farmers. So for some farmers, it's a way of living um, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, I do think there are some crops that are more profitable. So if you grow those, you're able to make more of a business out of it. And um, yeah. what we, what I've seen is also like in some areas, 
farmers, smallholder farmers, they grow things because they've seen their neighbor being successful at it. And then they grow it as well. Yeah. And then everyone is growing the same thing. So everyone is growing tomatoes, you know, and you're in a rural yeah, area. Yeah, demand and supply. Yeah, and it's oh, hard yeah. if everyone is growing tomatoes to sell your tomatoes. Mm. So it's sort of like being That's more true. strategic. And I think you know far more like, okay, what areas should you grow? And, and for example, I think like in Kenya, everyone eats cabbages. But for a farmer, a cabbage mm. doesn't hold a lot of profit, right? I mean, I'm sure there are successful no. cabbage farmers out there. But for mm. a farmer, it's very hard to make a profit out of a cabbage. Um, but I can imagine a lot of people who think, oh, but you know, there's always a demand for cabbages. But it, it's also very hard for farmers to living. Like maybe, you know, something with higher yield, like garlic, might be something that's like more. Mm -hmm. So I think having sort of educating people around sort of more the business around farming, not just growing crops, but like the business of, of farming uh, and how to be entrepreneurial, I think that would be something that would be very interesting. And I mean, amongst many other things, yeah. like I'd be getting the tech out there, you know, so people have access to weather and demand and, you know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. What could you say, after you've already answered this, but maybe you can just speak more about it, mm -hmm. on the support that Farm to Feed offers to vulnerable groups and smallholder farmers. Yeah, so it's, um, so yeah, yeah, so like we said, uh, one third of Kenyans uh, faces food insecurity and 26% of children are stunted in Kenya, which is, I think is, is, is hugely devastating. And, you know, in very vulnerable areas that we focus more on the urban poor, but that's mainly because of the, um, logistically, it's a little bit easier. Um, but yeah. in low income areas, uh, people can spend up to 75% of their salaries on food. And if you spend 75% of your salary on food, you have very little flexibility to do anything else, right? I mean, um, yeah. in av on average, in Kenya, people spend 50% of their salaries on food. But in, for example, compare that to European countries where people spend 10 to 15% of their salaries on food. Meaning that, you know, you have... 90% of your salary you can spend on other things. You can spend on housing, education, all these things. Mm. So in Kenya, it's like, yeah, round. So, you know, if you spend, so back to my point, if you spend three quarters of your, of your salary on food, it's, it is, you know, you don't really have a lot of choices, right? right? You don't have the choice to mm. just go to school or buy a book or, you know, take the bus yeah. to find a job somewhere. You know, it's, you're sort of, mm. you know, you're living from food. So one of the things that I also see is like, okay, how can we bring that down a bit for a couple of people? You know, for those people that are spending so much of their salary on food, okay, I, it's hard for me to create more jobs and I'm trying to do that as well. But like, how can we, yeah. you know, decrease the, the prices a little bit so that these people can have a little bit more room to climb out of poverty, you know, to do other things as well. So. I think, you know, that's, that's something that, um, yeah, I would like to do. And then, so, you know, we'd like to uh, sell food for price and also for the severe food insecure people, we find it important to donate. 
uh, food so that they yeah. they have it. And then on the farmers, it's like you know preventing them from having a negative on their books because they threw away food uh, for them to like you know earn a little bit more so they can buy inputs at least for the next harvesting cycle. Yeah, and that that's really great. And um, how much progress did you say you made with that? So um, so we delivered two million vegetable portions uh, last year. Um, mm-hmm. So, and we operate six days a week. Uh, we've scaled to a weekly run rate of 45,000 um, vegetable portions per week now. So we rescue food, as we call it, from the farmers. And we count because we're, we're focused on providing um, healthy food. We focus on vegetable portions. So we say 45,000 vegetable portions and uh, meaning that we so we've rescued uh, two million vegetable mm-hmm. portions and delivered this to vulnerable communities um, and we have continuous operations for six days a week um, and this is equivalent to rescuing 91.2 um, ton of co2 equivalent so rescuing food means that it's not going to waste. So you're actually rescuing, you're preventing CO2 from being spoiled or being released into the, into the atmosphere. And 91.2 ton of CO2 equivalent um, is, is like equivalent to uh, driving 182 cars on gasoline for a whole year. Um, so that's sort of what we rescued, right? Um, it's equivalent to producing yeah. 1.3 million chicken fillets, and it's equivalent to eating 91 homes for four months in Canada. Um, so that's sort of on the environmental aspect. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so you know, we just got it started. Like we just started last year. We started small, and we're trying to scale. So um, so yeah. yeah. So I think we're making good progress. Hopefully. Yeah, and, and you can only go up from here. <laughs> true, 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 true. So what would you say are some of the challenges that you face? Some of the challenges we face is, um, uh, well, there's been so many also because, you know, you're starting an organization. So there's so many as we have to figure it out, like, you know, what was food waste exactly and how do we guarantee that there's food waste? And, um, yeah. you know, in Kenya, in general and what are the biggest challenges let me just think about this okay i think in general the challenges is for us to go to the next level because we want to scale more right we want to have more impact and until now we've been super lucky with great partners on board that we've been able to achieve more than i thought we'd be able to achieve so i feel very grateful for that we've had great donors and partners who've helped um, but to get mm-hmm. to the next level, um, as we scale, we need, for example, uh, cold storage so that we can, you know, have all the stuff there so that we can do some sorting. Uh, we need maybe mm-hmm. even more transport. Um, so, so those are the things we're working on now to be able to scale, to scale more. But until now, I think yeah. we've been very, very grateful with, with all the help and the brain power uh, of everyone who's been helping us think this through. So. Um, yeah, I think I've been really grateful that we've achieved much more than I than I thought we'd 
achieved, as I said, this started off as a spontaneous idea. And now two million vegetable portions further, we're still here. So um, I've been very grateful. Yeah, but I find that the, the best ideas start as a spontaneous, you know, instinct or something. True, true. And it's also because of the crisis, you know, because I think a lot of ideas are born in crisis. So I think this is also mm-hmm. something in a crisis that suddenly you see something that existed all this time, but suddenly you can put mm. two and two together and, and also people are more willing to help you so that, you know, you can get a bit of more of a boost. So, um, yeah. Yeah. We've spoken about the, the, the support that you would need from experts. So now what support would you need from the state government and other stakeholders? So I would love, and this is like a dream for the future, right? So um, I would, so we've done, for example, a survey in, in schools and we found that there are many schools who are unable to provide meals to children. Um, and as I said, 26% uh, is stunted. So I find sort of that's what we would, you know, like focus more on is, um, you know, how, and a camp fundraise for everyone in Nairobi, I'm trying my best, but it's not. So, you know, if we could, for example, get from, you know, organizations um, help, you know, we have this food, you know, we have the means and we have the passion to, you know, mm. to, to get more nutrition into the schools. I think that's the best way to reach children. Um, you know, we've spoken yeah. to a school where literally children had to walk 10 kilometers school in the heat there was no food at school and then you know the school would end at four you know and for a six-year-old I have children but for a six-year-old to sit from you know from early morning till afternoon without a single meal is a torture like that is just you know it's a punishment you know and um so to offer some relief I mean, I think that would be amazing. And I'm, I, we're working hard to see if there's a way that we can do that. And, you know, getting more support, we, like we can't do that alone. We'd need, you know, support from not just government, but many other organizations. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's sort of where we would love to go. So if we've been supplying to, you know, we can't, um, so what we're also trying to offer is like, instead of you, paying so much for your carrots like it's the same as you know we are offering broken carrots and a lot of people are like why are you offering um the smaller this or the this so um i think that's the main thing is like okay how can we get sort of things that are at risk of being lost are these types of vegetables how can we get people to appreciate them right because they're the they're sort of the same same type um you know, but we still have to get a lot of things done in our in our value chain as well to improve um, our quality and make sure that we offer good quality and, and things like that. Yeah. Um. So, well, for me, I just like to offer my support because you said sometimes you do need experts who are farmers, you know, to give yes. you some assistance. So I would, I would really like to offer, please reach out to me whenever you need any help. That'd be amazing. I'm, I'm available. I've always been passionate about farming. And yeah. I, I'm trying to fill in the gap, you know, because I, I realize there's a lot of misinformation. There are so many people who they need this, you know, accurate information. So that's why I decided to start this 
podcast share it's so good you know whatever information i can i think the more people hear about like the food loss problem there are a lot of people that know mm, about yeah. like hunger i don't think a lot of people know how how big the problem is but um i think not so many people understand the food waste problem so you know the more people yeah, hear about true. it and realize the environmental impact you know i think that's very important mm. to change our behavior um, yeah. you know i wasn't mm. perfect when i started because i yeah. had no idea that if i throw away mm-hmm. food this is what i'm that you know it's going into methane and it's going to become a greenhouse gas i had no idea i had no idea mm. you know mm. like you know if, if the supermarket throws away food and doesn't pay for it or whatever or things but i you know so i really changed my behavior as well like you know we really try to save mm-hmm. and i'm looking at different ways like you know you have the cauliflower and you know the cauliflower yeah. leaves for example they're very nutritious mm-hmm. and they taste really good so but we don't eat they them they do yes but we don't eat them so Why you know, know uh-huh. i'm like trying to also find like okay that's also like it'd be really interesting like can we not you know I'm trying to make little videos but that's like dark as well it's like consumer behavior also like you know that I'm like mm-hmm. all the leaves you can eat right I mean like that grows on our food yeah. most of it like anyway so um I've changed a lot like I definitely was not um someone who knew about this so um mm. so I've learned a lot myself as well and changed it so I yeah. think this is amazing so the more people know about all these things um yeah. yeah and i agree with you like with the farmers to prevent food loss like one of the things to do is exactly what you're doing right so that's one yeah. of the things like to help is like how do yeah. we get the information out you know and i can mm. you went imagine you went you studied right and yeah yeah but there are many people who just go out there and have a piece of land and start farming it's tough Yeah, that's the majority of the people actually. Yeah. So, you know, how do we get all those people to be educated? I don't know, maybe you have more ideas about that than I. Well, for me what I try to do is to I I just speak to people on a daily basis. I just try to give them the information that I can. But I feel there isn't much you can do on your own, you know. Yeah. That's why we need network maybe if if I work with you you work with some a bigger institution you know we can be able to reach more people yeah. if we work together you know we all hold a piece of the puzzle i feel so mm. it actually so i'm really happy you're offering your help because i think we all you know we all offer something and you know we would love to get yeah, a farming yeah. expert on board who mm. can sort of help us navigate yeah. So for example we're looking at like food loss right and it's also hard you know mm. where where is all this going what do the farmers do with it you know it's like it's a very yeah. interesting topic as well like how do they deal with it and mm-hmm. we found some of the farmers um they you know in the beginning they said we compost everything but once they you have a trusted mm-hmm. relationship with with them and you say please tell us exactly what you do with them then they started telling mm-hmm. us okay we have friends that throw it on the side of the road obviously they they don't ever do it themselves but 
You know, it's only when they yeah. they sort of trusted us, they because everyone knows that you shouldn't be mm. doing that, right? But it's not their fault. It's like yeah, they don't have access to market. I think access to market is a big problem. Yeah, yeah, that's great because some of them also they feed the the produce. For example, habit is fed to their animals or their chickens and all that. Although that's a bit recycling, but you know, they still don't get the value for their money. True, you still don't get the value for your money, right? And I agree, because it's not going to waste mm. in that sense, but you don't get the value. Um, yeah. Because there's mm. other feed for, you know, cows and chickens that are good for cows and chickens as well and might be cheaper in the way. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, and some at least it's not going to waste, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely cheaper. For example, I I try to discourage people from growing cabbage specifically because it's very expensive to produce and yeah. rarely ever gives you anything in return. You know, it's labor intensive, it requires a lot of fertilizers, a lot of water. Really? And at the end of the day, you sell it for next to nothing. Next to nothing? No, really, it's next to nothing. That's what I keep on hearing. And really? So many people are selling cabbages. Mm. Yeah, and you sell your cabbage for, let's say, five shillings a, a piece. You know, and you one one cabbage seedling probably costs you one shilling. So four shillings is not enough to produce that cabbage. You know, the rest of the four shillings. So no, always you always end up going at a loss. But then on the other hand, so most of the schools that we were trying to sell cheaper cabbages, right? So that because it's a food loss, we buy it cheaper so we can sell it cheaper as well. <laughs> but most of the schools, they want cabbages. They want, you know, they want cabbages. Yeah, because, because they, so yeah, they feed the children cabbages. <laughs> yeah. But how many schools are there, you know, compared to farmers? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and yeah. yeah, yeah, true. Many more farmers growing cabbages yeah i think there are so many great companies also improving the the value chain you know that are putting the mm-hmm. the cold storages where they should be and working on it for farmers and things like that but there are mm-hmm. there are fewer companies trying to solve the imminent problem of food loss so the imminent like what do you do yeah. what do farmers do now before the system is in place what do the farmers do now with the food loss and uh, and giving yeah. it a purpose, I think, is very important, especially in a country where there are people who can't afford it. So, um, okay, I think we've had a really good interview. Yeah, um, good. Was it good? Maybe I'll let you go. Was it good? Yeah, it was great. Okay, good. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> okay, yeah, good. And, really uh, good. <laughs> okay, fantastic. And uh, just let me know uh, anything, and I would love mm-hmm. to stay in touch to get you on board as like our farmer expert. For a more personalized consult, feel free to email me at farmtotablepod at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram at farmtotablepod.